from the Willamette Valley in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. No matter where you may be listening in this great, big, beautiful world, we all share. And one of the things that we do have to deal with in this world is authoritarianism. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So, fascism, surviving authoritarian regimes. Before I go any further, I just want to send a sincere thank you to the listeners in the UK. I very much appreciate your support. Thank you. When, oftentimes, when we talk about authoritarian regimes, we in the West may think of, uh, well, any place other than our own, such as, say, China, and a few other nations as well, certainly North Korea. But... Um, it's actually far more widespread, and it is certainly prevalent in the U.S. Now, if you do not live in the U.S., maybe you cannot imagine this. But as someone who does live in the U.S., Born here, raised here, been here my entire life. Yep, the United States has a degree of fascism. And that is not an exaggeration. You see, the way this works is, in reality, um, there's no real real democracy anywhere. And it sure as hell is not in the U.S. The U.S. is an authoritarian state, just like many other authoritarian states. But it's a matter of degree. So, some are, let's say, far more authoritarian but make no mistake, the U.S. is definitely authoritarian. Um, the politicians here, uh, whether even on the local level and certainly nationally, they love their pet word that they absolutely just, they have an unbreakable love affair with, is democracy. And uh, this is a this love fest has been going on for many many years because it works so well, and it works especially well if you have a population that every since childhood has been conditioned to believe um, unthinkingly and uncritically that they in fact live in a democracy, 
when in reality, they don't. Now, I don't, um, I don't know why they are in denial of this because I certainly uh, saw the writing on the wall a good 40 years ago. And so I'm just sharing it with you. So it's not a question of governments that are authoritarian or tyrannical, possibly. It's not that. That's not the question. Because all of them, every single one of them, without exception, are authoritarian. The question is, to what degree? America's authoritarianism is is a very, very narrow and focused authoritarianism. Its primary concern is only about having lots and lots of consumers and keeping them that way and keeping them watching sports or whatever the latest and greatest idiotic film uh, that has come out, or it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what the distraction is. Just keep them minimally employed and keep them as consumers, and they will slowly yet inexorably give up their freedoms And that's exactly what's been going on here for the last 40 years. Now, just to give you a small um, example of what I'm discussing here is a, uh, a news clip came up and it came to my attention and it was falling under the local news and just a little article. And uh, it was just talking about the uh, cops here in Salem, Oregon, and how many shootings there have been. Just a few facts and figures. Anyway, um, as an example, they said in the year 22 that there were 40 shootings. So that meant that Salem cops were involved in 40 shootings. Okay. And of those 40 shootings, 23 of them ended up with a fatality. They ended up killing someone. Now, Quick math is telling me that that is a greater than 50% kill rate. Okay. Some of these incidents um, were dealing with people who were um, mentally ill. And the mentally ill cannot defend themselves for reasons that should be self-evident. 
So I'm telling you what is actually taking place. It's not pretty, and I'm not here to uh, kiss the authoritarian ass, so to speak. I just tell it like it is. Somebody has to. May as well be me. <laughs> but yeah, um, there was a program uh, many, many years ago in the 70s. It's very famous. You can find it easily. It was called the Stanford Prison Experiment. And they literally had to stop the experiment because of how out of hand it got. And long story short was that they uh, had volunteers, young college age people, uh, to, ex to um, you know, volunteer. Or actually, I think they were getting a, you know, a small amount of money or something. But they got a core group, and I don't know, it was like 20, 15 or 20 on each side that they would play a role of either a prisoner or a guard. And um, this went on for a few weeks. And like I said, that they eventually had to stop it. And one of the reasons they had to stop it was that apparently those who had chosen, and by the way, just to note this, they were just regular normal, cooperative, they weren't, you know, before the experiment, the ones I'm talking about, the ones who chose to play the role of being a guard, they had, they had friends, they were just baseline, normal people. As a matter of fact, part of this whole experiment, uh, that the uh, choice, the pro uh, process, of screening through all of these uh, people to, en to engage in this was making certain, as best as they possibly could, that these people didn't have any pre-existing mental health issues or, you know, anything going on mentally. They just wanted normal folks, and they went to great lengths to make sure that was the case. So... Um, the results from this um, this experiment, this test, could hopefully be, you know, as unbiased as possible. But the thing was, um, there were a number of reasons for stopping it, but one of the big red flags, the big problems, was that apparently the young people, um, the guys who chose to be the, um, they were the, uh, the jail, um, you know, the... The ones in charge, the security, the cops, let's say, they started taking their acting roles, let's just say, a bit too seriously. And there was, uh, they were starting to engage in psychological torture and then physical abuse of the quote unquote prisoners. Um, yeah. So it, it started getting real ugly. And this is not this is not the only test of its kind that has been done. And so it shows a pattern over and over again. And um, this is how this 
this takes off. As the old saying is, is that um, oh, it's an absolute power. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And um, it also identifies people specifically as soon as the trigger, as soon as you put them in a uniform. You put them in a uniform and you give them some authority. And you're off to the races for what spreads and what happens. And this has been shown, like I said, very conclusively. Uh, Cross-culturally, <clears throat> it's it's known. It's just anywhere. Anywhere in the world, it, it happens. Slowly, but inexorably, it happens. And so, um, first of all, if someone is going to do this as their job, you know, as their career, you have to have a person, you, you have to have a person, first of all, um, that has an authoritarian mindset. Because a person who's, you know, just a regular schmo, he wants to go along and get along. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to bother anybody, doesn't want to be bothered. He's just a real go along, get along kind of person. That doesn't make a good cop. And therein, and therein lies the problem. Because anytime you've got a person and they have these ideas wherever they may have come from, it could have come from just their upbringing or their church or some combination thereof. But there, there is an authoritarian mindset. It is usually identified and goes along with um, conservative-type people often, more often than not. So, yeah, if you need uh, police, if you need people to run a prison camp, uh, anything of that ilk... That's the kind of people you're starting out with. And the problem with that is what these people end up doing with that power. And more often than not, it's abused. Because, for instance, besides our head, um, our body has much bigger areas. And, you know, you could shoot them in those areas and you could incapacitate them as opposed to always killing them. And no one talks about this. It's just not brought up. Well, I think it needs to be brought up, and I think the cops need to be held accountable. And, um, you know, a cop's job's not easy. But, on the other hand, most people 
work in their jobs. Nobody's job is easy. You know, unless you're the son of a millionaire works for a company and they're not jobs aren't easy. That's why it's a job. So this is a job that they decided to do in their life. So just to, to hold their own feet to the fire, while I can sympathize that, yeah, it's a hard job, but I'm not, I'm not going to say, hey, cry me a river, river, and oh, you poor abused and used cop. No, no one put a gun to their head and made them be a cop. So, um, but most of them want to do that and have done it and made that choice because they want to tell people. Ultimately, it comes down to wanting to tell other people what to do. And they can do that in so much as the law. Now, here's where the other weird, flaky part of this uh, comes into play. Because where do you think those laws come from? The laws, and by the way, all laws by their true nature are arbitrary. Except for natural laws, meaning that you can have a fight with someone, but you shouldn't kill them. That's a natural law. That supersedes any law that's on the books. They can say whatever they want. You just can't, you can't go around killing people. But, but they make the laws, and what I have noticed in this country, growing up, living here, living in different states with different dialects, I've gotten I've gotten my chance in life to live all around this country. And uh but without a doubt, and I'm telling you if you're a really young person because you didn't live it, you have nothing to compare it to, but I am telling you um as far as laws and cops behavior and what is going on as far as that's concerned, it is absolutely, absolutely, positively become far more authoritarian and far less forgiving and far more brutal. I mean, to the I, ha I even have personal from, I guess it was you know five six years ago. I have personal experience in this. Maybe I could talk about that another time. But, um, yeah, it's like I would only call a cop to my home or call a cop, period, under the most absolute desperate of circumstances. Because the fact is, statistically speaking, you are much more likely to be shot and killed 
by a responding cop, then the very reason that you were calling the cops in the first place. That is the truth. So, there's that. There is absolutely no reason why things cannot, should not have been, you know, could be done as far as cops, as far as the goal, instead of them having a mantra, which is, you know, shoot, kill. Had cops tell me that recently. Here they say, well, just just matter-of-factly, having coffee just and they look at you and you're wide-eyed and, well, yeah, you shoot to kill. <laughs> well, holy shit. With a mentality like that, and then the media occasionally, rarely occasionally, actually brings this up that so many more people are dying. And, you know, with an attitude like that, well, I guess I can pretty much figure where, why the hell that's going on. It's not a mystery. But slowly over time, it's the citizens, it's the people that they just allow it to go on. And it's just like, it's just like anything else. You let it go and you don't fix it. You don't stop it. Then you let this go on and just get worse and worse and worse. <laughs> Until it's one of their loved ones, sister, brother, mother, father, till it's one of them that gets shot and killed. Then it's all well. It's all hell to pay then. And that's what I mean when I'm saying that people who are lacking in introspection and they simply don't have a civic mind. They don't have, uh, you know, the ability to uh, apparently to emphasize and to, to, to put them themselves into another person's shoes. <laughs> Simply can't seem to understand that what happens to this neighbor yesterday can happen to them tomorrow. So this kind of thing, it, it does concern us all. And it's only getting worse. And getting back to the laws of this, laws are arbitrary. Laws are arbitrary, and you have to remember that. You also need to know that the application of a law or a lawbreaker is very different for someone who is just a regular, you know, Joe Blow person working a job. And if you are the son or daughter or other member of a wealthy family, there are definitely two different courtrooms. 
And I don't necessarily mean physically, but yeah. And I'm guessing, you know, this is, if you're a, a fairly well-informed citizen of this country in the U.S., I might not be saying, you'll, you might be shrugging your shoulders <laughs> and saying, okay, well, yeah, everybody knows that. Well, apparently, you know, maybe a lot of people do know this, but on the other hand, there's a hell of a lot of people who don't. And this actually may be very shocking to people who are far away outside of the U.S. because they still have these visions of coming to America and depending on your situation um, if you if you live in abject poverty and all you know is all the things you somehow you you see maybe you see them on the internet and you just see such wealth and and happiness and it's, it's easy to understand that or want to believe that when that is the fantasy because that's all America is. It's about marketing. Everything. Everything has been uh, commoditized, let's say. There is no price that can't be paid to anyone for anything just about and the advertising is absolutely relentless and the images are of happy people and it's always happy and it is well it's marketing or what i like to generally call uh, bullshit so um, absolutely, I don't have the ability to see your life, your circumstances, but make no mistake, uh, that is the reality that <clears throat> um, of living here. And, you know, one person's hell is another person's paradise, let's say. And so there may be a large number of you listening say, well, you don't see where I'm living or you don't see how badly I'm living. And I would do anything just to get there and I would subjugate myself. I'll do anything, please, just out of here, just, you know, and I, I can see that and I can understand that. I can understand that. But there is also the effect of people here being dissatisfied, and it's called the grass always being greener on the other side of the fence, and so they keep moving and changing. And you could say, yeah, but, I mean, I, I live in, in, in poverty, in absolute squalor. Well, Guess what? We have poverty 
an absolute squalor. Just go to one of the many thousands of homeless encampments all around the country, everywhere, from California, from L.A. to New York, and everywhere in between, and every bridge just about, you know, every overpass, every every intersection, off-ramp, you name it, everywhere, people begging, beggars. And it is only growing, and it's only getting worse. So, these are the facts, and... Um, you have to know these truths because America is not a democracy. It is a plutocracy. And the elements that keep it going is most definitely fascistic. And the cops, unfortunately, from once upon a time when we did have much better police and there was much better policing. As a matter of fact, there were several members of my family who were police. And they didn't act like uh, or looking like paramilitary thugs you know, in um, black SS uniforms. So, this is what you need to know that will help you navigate the problems associated with living in a fascistic regime because the citizens overall have been convinced to give up their rights in exchange for Monday night football or video games or whatever tantalizing shiny thing comes their way is presented to them. Much the way, just like you would manipulate a young child. Okay, yeah, your rights, yeah, yeah. Here, go after the shiny thing. Go after the shiny thing, Johnny, that I just threw across the floor. Oh, it's good boy. Because that's where we're at. And um, the first step of circumventing this is to be aware of it. be aware of the fact that the laws that they have on the books now, they are constantly in flux and constantly changing, meaning becoming the creeping authoritarianism, what was not legal, illegal yesterday, becomes illegal today. Slowly, you lose more and more and more and more. You lose more and more of your freedom incrementally every day. Because 
they cannot have people going around spewing forth anything bad, such as what I'm doing now. So, anything that, um, anything of this nature that I talk about, I strongly suggest you not just do the download it, but you upload it and reload it and put it on a flash drive something because you never know it could be gone tomorrow and potentially so could i well what did you think about that i'd really like to hear what you have to say so go on over to my website theearnestmanshow.com and put down your two cents worth. And while you're there, please feel free to listen to any and all the episodes you like. Plus, check out the other interesting things on my website. Until next time, this is Ernest saying take care. I'm out of here.